Wash your hands and say your prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. Now in my house, this is absolutely true. Jesus and germs are everywhere. You're gonna see evidence of Jesus in wall hangings and in prayers that we do before meals. And the germs are everywhere. The kids are constantly bringing them home from school and sharing them at every possible opportunity. So we like to wash our hands and we like to pray before meals. That specific prayer is some of the most targeted prayer time we have together as a family at our house. And here's how that usually goes before a meal. God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Sometimes we even throw in an amen, a, a, amen, just to kind of put a little chant behind the prayer. Now, maybe you have a similar prayer at your house. But no matter what the case is, though, in the church sometimes, just like we are at our home, tempted to turn our minds off when we say the same prayer a lot. Sometimes we think about the words of the prayer more than we do the concepts and the deep spiritual truths behind them. And especially in this fifth week of the Being Challenge, where God is calling us to prioritize prayer, maybe it can seem like a tall order to make prayer a continual conversation in our life. In fact, we know from studying the scripture that God intends for prayer to be a confident and perpetual conversation that we have with him. God intends for prayer in our life to be a confident and perpetual conversation that we have with him. Here's where we get that from. In fact, the first disciples approached Jesus as they were watching John the Baptist's disciples to be schooled by him on a constant basis, learning how John does his ministry work. They come to Jesus and they ask Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And this is where we get those famous words, the Lord's Prayer. Now, those words were shared with us just a couple of minutes ago as a part of the reading, and I know you'll recognize them here if you've been around the church for any length of time. The temptation with the Lord's Prayer is very much the same. Along with other types of prayer, we are tempted to turn our minds off and simply mouth the words. And as such, we kind of lose that confident approach that God has called us to, to be aware of what is deeper and more meaningful in our prayer life. The concepts behind our prayers are more important than the words we speak around them. That is why in one point in the scripture, even when we don't know what to pray, God says the Holy Spirit intervenes and prays in words that we can't understand or comprehend. But while we're cognizant of our prayers, while we have the opportunity to pray here in average everyday interactions with God, those interactions are intended to be confident before God, where we're not afraid to come to him in prayer, and they're intended to be perpetual, where prayer is not just a simple one-time event once a week, but it is a continual perpetual conversation with God. Now think about it this way. As you look at the words of the Lord's Prayer, to have a meaningful interaction with God through these words means that we simply take a look at what they say and think about the deeper meanings behind them. If we don't do that and just simply mouth the words, then we lose some of our confidence and we lose the perpetual nature of that confident, connected time that God has called us to. Now, maybe think about it this way. If I were to put up the Lord's Prayer in Spanish, if you know Spanish, then maybe this gives you a meaningful opportunity to connect with God in a new way. 
You're confident about the language you see, and maybe it causes you to think about the concepts behind the prayer. And I thought of that. If you're a Spanish speaker or reader, maybe you might have a little bit of a challenge speaking or understanding the Lord's Prayer in the Cherokee language. Now, I have no idea what any of this says. And if you line up the English Lord's Prayer next to the Spanish one, next to the Cherokee one, you can kind of maybe guess what the words say as you line them up right side by side. But the point is this. We need to be able to understand the concepts behind our prayers and lift them up to God in confidence and lift them up continually, perpetually, just like the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Jesus knows that we struggle with having a prayer life like his. And as a part of our being challenged, the goal is to mimic and then to begin to live the prayer life of our Lord Jesus. The goal is to look, live, and love in prayer terms, more like Jesus does. See, Christ knows that he is the one with that constant connection with his heavenly Father, and that he intends to share that with you and me. Let's take a second look at the Lord's Prayer for a moment. Here's what I mean by looking at the deeper concepts. If you think about the beginning of the Lord's Prayer and God's name be, being hallowed or kept holy, it's the idea that we don't use God's name in any other way than in holiness and understanding his sovereignty, his perfection, and his majesty. So we don't misuse the name of God, especially as we think about the concept of the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. And then likewise, we know that God's kingdom has come through Jesus. So we celebrate that in the prayer. We also know that God gives us our daily bread, the things that we need for average everyday living, food, clothing, and shelter. And where those things are lacking, we have confidence in approaching God and asking him for them. And when we see others that don't have those basic needs met, we can ask God on their behalf to provide those things for them and perhaps even participate in providing them in the name of our God. Likewise, we forgive others the way God has forgiven us. And when we see these words in the Lord's Prayer, it should cause us to stop and think, am I really forgiving other people who have sinned against me? Have I forgiven them? Have I set that sin aside in the name of Jesus and put it away forever as far as the East is from the West, the way God does with my sin? And if not, this causes me to stop and think about that. And finally, the idea becomes, God, you go before me in all things all day long, and you see the pitfalls of sin and separation from you and selfishness that's focused in on me where I can't see those things ahead of time. You go before me and you see them coming and you warn me in that time that I spend with you in your scriptures and speaking to you in prayer continually. You can kind of see that there's some stuff behind the Lord's Prayer that's intended to change our lives, to change the way we interact with the world and with each other. Here's where we get that. Jesus goes further on in that same reading that we had done just a couple of minutes ago, and he says these words. He says, so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, 
And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. The idea is this, that God is making promises to us around our prayer life and in being connected with him perpetually at all times in our average everyday walking around and living means that God is standing ready as we grow closer to Jesus in our prayer life to answer those prayers. Whenever there's a door that is closed in front of us, a door of opportunity for ministry, and we are able to pray and lift that opportunity up, God will either keep that door shut or he'll open it wide if he intends for us to go through it. When we ask for something, if we're asking for something the way Jesus asked for it, so that his kingdom will grow and that someone will come to faith, then God will meet that prayer with a yes. Now, it'll be in his good time, and it may not be for the rest of our life here on earth. It may come someday that we cannot foresee, but God intends through the promise that he shared with us to answer those prayers with a yes, as they are connected with his purposes and his plan, working out the salvation of people through the work of Jesus Christ here on earth. Our prayer life, as it is connected with that objective, has great power and great meaning. Now, here's how that works. Jesus talks about us being connected with God through him in this way. He's teaching the disciples in John 15. He says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, those branches who remain connected to me, the vine, and I in them will produce, will produce much fruit. Now, what is that fruit? The fruit is faith. Wherever faith is, Jesus is at work. And whenever there's fruit being produced, it means that faith is growing. Now that's faith in me and faith in others. And so as we remain connected to God through Jesus, faith happens. Faith is born and grows and is fueled by prayer. Look at this. Apart from me, you can do nothing, the scripture says. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Sounds kind of scary and ominous, right? But Jesus doesn't leave us there. He's, he goes on and explains this idea of being connected to him this way. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. And here's where it really works. Prayer life comes alive in these words. If you ask for anything you want, it will be granted to you. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, the scripture says. This brings great glory to my Father. God is standing ready to answer those prayers and to give us what we ask for as we remain in Christ. That means that God is not a cosmic vending machine where we pray for things that answer to our selfishness and to our own self-focus. God stands ready to answer those prayers and to be involved in those prayers that are specifically connected to him through his son, Jesus, and the things that Christ accomplishes here on the earth. You know, it's been said that Jesus is like a great high priest, that he is the one who stands between us and a holy God and makes intervention. He is there between us and a holy God, and in our sinful state, we have no recourse before God except but through Jesus, who is our priest. He's the one who intervenes. But he's also a priest with a purpose, 
And that purpose comes through prayer. Take a look at this scripture. This is Hebrews chapter four, starting in verse 14. The scripture says, now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, who stays connected with God perpetually, always in conversation with his father. The scripture says, let's not let that slip through our fingers. Now, let what slip through our fingers? The constant connection the ready access we have with our God through Jesus. That's right. We are called to have a constant connection and we have the ability to let that connection slip away. Now, how do we do that? We become distracted with other things. We become distracted with the ins and outs of everyday life and forget the fact that we were always meant to be connected to our heavenly father. Through the work of Jesus, We have ready access to God. Look at what else the scripture says. We don't have a priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing and experienced it all except for the sin, all but for the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give, the scripture says. Take the mercy, accept the help. Now, my friend, think about that for a second. Think about how God is standing ready to be in communication with you. That that is, that is the state of being that we were called to, a constant conversation with our God through Jesus. And it is our temptation to let that constant perpetual contact with our God slip away. But Christ calls us back into that contact, that perpetual connection in a moment's notice. Sometimes when we turn away from our God and are focused on other things, meeting our own needs or trying to meet the needs of others in our own strength and with our own power, Christ reminds us, you have a God who stands ready and you have ready access to him through me. The idea is this, we spend time in prayer as we go every single day, connected with our God, never losing that connection because of what Jesus is and because of what he has done. Here are some ways that we stay connected with God through prayer. As I said a minute ago, we pray as we go in this way. Thessalonians talks about praying continually. What does that mean? It means as you're walking around in everyday life, sitting at your desk, you're on the computer, or you're interacting with clients or customers, or you're talking with people at home, with your kids, with your spouse, you're with your friends, or you're out talking to strangers as you walk around in average everyday life, you know that you're connected with God. And that at any moment, you don't have to necessarily stop and fold your hands and close your eyes. You can be in constant connection and a constant contact a perpetual contact going on in your mind as you're talking to God, letting him hear your thoughts. Yes, God wants to hear from you as you go. And similarly, there are times when we're called to stop. Now, Jesus would do this all the time. He'd be busy with ministry, but then he would go away by himself and spend time with God. And you know, that's just as important. It's just as important to stop what you're doing and spend at least a few minutes focusing on God. And here's what that looks like. Let's say you're taking a walk with someone that you really care about and you're having a conversation with them as you go. 
You could talk about anything. You could talk about deep stuff, or you could talk about news, sports, and weather as you walk. One thing's true, though. You're focused both on your conversation and on walking so you don't trip and fall, right? You're focused on at least two things at once. But then when you stop and you sit across the table from that person, maybe you share a beverage and just a few minutes of conversation, the idea is you put your phone down and you look that person in the eye and you give them your full attention. It's that way with God. There are times, and I would submit even daily, that we should spend one-on-one time with God, looking right into his eyes through the scripture and speaking with him through prayer. It's so important for us to be able to pray as we go, and it's important for us to pray as we stop. In other words, we're constantly, perpetually connected with our God in a stop-and-go fashion, where God is there with us in that time of prayer, growing our faith and for and setting us up for faith to grow in others around us. Now, in the same in a similar way, as we're praying as we go and praying as we stop individually, we're also called to pray together with others in community. In fact, I've never been in a position before, and I say this truthfully, I've never been in a position before where I've offered to pray for someone on the spot with just a 20 or 30 second quick prayer, like, God, please be with my friend here is you know, he or she has this very difficult day in front of them. Or God, please be with my friend here as they're celebrating this special day. I've never had anybody say no to an offer to pray for them right on the spot. I did have one guy say something like, you know, if it helps you, then go ahead and pray. And in fact, it did help me. It grew my faith. My hope would be that it maybe grew some faith in him as well. We are called to share prayer communally with each other. And here at Trinity, the number one place that happens is where? That's right. It's in small group. We get together with people that we know and that we built relationships with, and we share prayer time with them. And in a similar way, we're called to share prayer time with the larger community as we gather together in worship. One of the things I love so much about worshiping in person is that we get to know what's going on in each other's lives and in a way that we can lift each other up in prayer. So in a community way, in a a communal worship way, a corporate way, we're able to know what's going on in each other's lives and lift up those concerns, praises or otherwise, in a public way so that God can hear us together as the body of Christ. That's one of the things I love about public worship is focusing on the corporate side of prayer, the prayer together as a community. And so we are called to engage in that worship that prayer through worship and worship through prayer on a regular basis. Come to worship every chance you get and engage in prayer regularly with the community God has put around you. This is a part, a huge function of being perpetually connected with God our Father through our Lord Jesus. You know, I came upon this note the other day as I was doing a little research for the message And it's a kid praying in written form, which is a really cool way to pray, by the way, about an experience that he had had at a wedding. It says, dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Now, maybe he was worried that if he prayed this prayer, that maybe somehow he had seen something sinful in church, two people kissing. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? He wanted to be able to lift that prayer concern up with confidence. Somebody taught him that that was okay. 
And thanks be to God that they did. In fact, here at Trinity Early Childhood Center, just across the lobby at South Naperville, we do this kind of thing all the time. There was one particular prayer that caught my eye a couple of weeks ago. It was posted on one of our prayer boards here at South Naperville. And it simply says, prayers for my classmates. You know, if you put the idea in front of little people, young people, very young ones, even two, three, four years old, that they have confidence through Jesus to lift up anything that's on their heart and their mind. And then you teach them about what Jesus has on his heart and his mind. And they begin to put those two concepts together. Prayer just explodes into a brand new life. Prayer is intended to be a life that you live, not simply just a tool that you use in the toolbox of faith. It is intended to be an, a walking around everyday experience where you're connected with the God who loves you and sent Jesus to teach you how to be connected to him. My friend, think about your prayer life in this way this week. As we enter into the being challenge, focus on prioritizing prayer. Where is prayer as a part of your life? Is it something you feel like you gotta do if you're gonna be a real Christian? Think about it in a different way. God means so much more for you and your prayer life than perhaps you and I can even grasp or realize. And again, that is why we have Jesus. Would you join me and pray now? Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us our Lord Jesus, the one we follow and endeavor to look, live, and love more alike. God, as we lift up our prayer lives in prayer this week and ask you to work in them, God, we pray that you would deepen the concepts that we see in the opportunity to pray, like being connected with you perpetually, thinking about how you provide, how your name is holy, how your kingdom has come, how we have the opportunity to forgive freely because we've been forgiven by you through Jesus, and how we have the opportunity to avoid the pitfalls of life because you draw attention to them through your word and in the time we spend with you connected in prayer. God, I pray that you ignite every single prayer life in this faith family we call Trinity and those listening around us, that you would bring us closer to you in the time that we spend with you. And now God, just come and work in the prayer life of every one of us in a brand new way in this coming week and beyond. We ask all this in your name and together we say, Amen and amen.